Hello and welcome to the Amped About Movies podcast. Today we'll be discussing the 1979 slow-burning horror film Alien. This movie was written by Dan O'Bannon. I directed- highly object to the way that that movie was just classified. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we talked for 15 no minutes. 15 <laughs> minutes before we started the podcast about how to describe this movie, and you basically just ignored the whole thing. Unbelievable, David. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Okay, I didn't think you were going to cut me off, but I knew you were going to say that at some point. Okay, well, fine. Today we'll be discussing the 1979 decidedly thriller film Alien. This movie was written by Dan O'Bannon, directed by Ridley Scott, and stars Sigourney Weaver, Tom Skerritt, and John Hurt, among others. A quick plot synopsis. After a space merchant vessel receives an unknown transmission as a distress call, one of the crew is attacked by a mysterious life form, and they soon realize that its life cycle has merely begun. All right, so we're going to get some first impressions. But before I begin, I just want to say that next week we'll be watching the 2003 Tarantino film Kill Bill Volume 1, currently available on HBO Max. And if you like what you hear today, please feel free to leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or email us at ampedaboutmovies at gmail.com to share some of your thoughts. All right, so we're going to go ahead and pass it over to Hunter. Since Colin is not here with us today, we're going to start with Hunter. What are your first impressions of this film? My first impression is that I think this is a clear-cut thriller movie. (laughs) It is not a horror movie because, frankly, I didn't leave super scared. I was just on edge for the whole entire movie. This movie does a great job at putting you in the moment with cinematography and sound design and making you feel like you are there in the ship and you are walking alone with the alien. You don't know where it is around the corner. I was constantly on edge. I was not sitting relaxed at all during this movie. And I was jumping nonstop. I had an absolute blast of a time. I forgot how good this movie was. I haven't seen this movie in about three years. And I forgot how much substance there is with the really long shots and the fantastic atmospheric, how how the atmosphere is captured. I thought it was awesome. My question is, did anyone here watch the director's cut or did we all watch the regular movie? Mm, I think I watched the regular movie. I don't think I watched the the regular cut. Yeah, just whatever the regular one was. Okay, I, I was curious because I almost watched the director's cut and I looked up, there were a couple of differences, but I went with the original theatrical release and I was just curious to see if anybody had seen that one because I read that there were a couple of different shots in there and that Ridley Scott changed the pacing a little bit because this movie is a slow burn, 100%. But overall, I think it's phenomenal. I think it is one of the greatest sci-fi movies to ever be created. This was two years after Star Wars, and you could see the impact with using miniatures, but mm-hmm. overall, absolutely love this movie. I would highly recommend it to anybody that hasn't seen it, and I believe that this is a thriller and not a horror movie. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for your input on that, Hunter. Okay, we'll pass it over to Beard. What were your first impressions of this film? I really enjoyed this movie. It was very exciting. I was on the edge of my seat most of the movie. I don't, I don't know if I'd really call it a slow burn because I, I was pretty captivated the whole time. Um, I know one kind of measure or standard that we compare, you know, how exciting a movie is, is, you know, how many times we have to look up during the movie to see like how far we are, how much we have left, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Didn't happen to me once. I thought it all went very quickly. It flowed really well. And I thought that kind of contributed to the action and suspense kind of aspect of it. 
I know we're, we have mixed opinions about whether, whether this is a thriller and I kind <laughs> of, you know, as, as a viewer that really likes old movies, I take thriller to be more of the old time definition mm. of like an Alfred Hitchcock movie where, you know, it's not necessarily like action packed, but it builds suspense. And it's like, I, I would categorize more of a thriller as like a movie that captivates the audience in and elicits some, t- some kind of like pressure or emotion or kind of stress on, on the viewer and, and persist that through the whole movie. And I thought alien did a good job of that. And so that's why I would classify it as a thriller. I can also see the horror genre too. I know some, maybe we don't all agree on that either, but I, I can see that. Um, although again, on that note, I did like look out for the three, well, what were they from screen? Like the three oh, yeah. um, things that classify like a typical yeah. movie. And it actually, I don't think it fit any, any of those three. So I can, I, I definitely see the argument that it's not a horror movie because it, it's definitely not in the traditional sense. What, what are um, those three things, if you don't mind? Yeah, it was like, it was like the, there's a sex scene, which there was not one. It was, I'll be right back. They kind of had that. They kind of did. The first, the first main like alien kill was when he had to go find the cat. Right. And that was a total, I'll be right back. Like you go find the cat, then we'll keep going. And in that, in that moment, you know, he's going to die. Yeah. Well, actually, okay. That's true. I didn't even really think about that one. I was thinking more like when they went out of the vessel to go investigate and the one guy got like attacked initially by the egg. Like, mm-hmm. again, they didn't say, like, be right back, but it was kind of the same premise, I guess. And the third one is slipping my mind right now. But anyway, but, but, I, but I thought it was interesting in that aspect. But then also just more generally, I, I really enjoyed this movie because it felt kind of refreshing because we it felt like the first movie that I'd seen in a long time that I hadn't seen before that I really enjoyed on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So, like... I felt like, you know, not to disparage anybody's choices on the movies we watched recently, but I was, I felt like we were in a bit of a rut where like, I was not a big fan of Mank or In Bruges or Mud. I was so, so on the notebook. And then the other ones we've seen this season, I'd already seen before. Obviously, I love The Grand Budapest Hotel, Whiplash, La La Land, Fargo, Citizen Kane, all great movies, but I've already seen them before. So this one was like really refreshing because I was like, wow, I've never seen this before. Really enjoyed it. It was awesome. I enjoyed it a lot. Cool. Cool. I'm glad to hear that. Well, I will jump in and say that I also really enjoyed this film. I I have loved this film for a long time, even though I've never seen it before. Um, see, I know you're gonna you're gonna mock me for this, but I I'm I've watched it one time before, but I fell asleep in the opening credits and woke up at the ending credits, and it was really sad. It was one of those like, you know, I have a bunch of guys over, we picked a movie, and I just completely fell asleep. And so ever since then, I kind of just never really got around to watching it again. But I've seen a lot of material about it on YouTube and other places and articles and whatnot. And I love the history of how they created the alien and just really tried to make it terrifying. They created the ambiance. I love the way they use silence in this film as much as they use music. There's so much just ambiance, really just well-crafted in this movie. And I can get behind the idea of this being a thriller, all right? I initially rejected it because that wasn't my understanding going in. And, you know, when you argue with someone, they dig in their heels. But I think I can really back up and say, yes, this is a thriller. Uh, I will agree. I was very captivated the entire time. I actually like the fact that the alien isn't really in the film until the last 
quarter of the movie because that makes that quarter of the movie so much more intense. But the slow build up to it is still intense the whole time because you're you're never sure what's going to happen next. And especially going into this film, having known pretty much the entire plot, like I knew how this was going to end. I knew who was going to live and who wasn't. I even knew the way the alien met, you know, its end. But I still felt the intensity of the whole thing because it's just so well put together. So I don't know. What do you think, Chad? What did you like about this film or not like? What was your thoughts? Um, I mean, I, I agree with a lot of the things that have been said. I definitely really enjoyed the film. There were a lot of points throughout it where I could see how well-crafted it was, not only from a storytelling point of view, but also I thought the set designs were probably some of the best sci-fi set designs that I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. And being a huge, huge, huge Star Wars fan, I really think the inside of the Nostromo might be my favorite spaceship design of all time. I think it is better than pretty much every single Star Wars ship that I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I really, not not the outside. The outside is garbage. I, yeah. The outside of it makes absolutely no sense for space flight. But the inside, <laughs> I think, is very, very cool, very well designed. Everything seems very practical. Uh, you can tell that you know everybody has these certain areas that they have to go to, and every space, every part of the ship is look like it's for a different kind of part but there's also a lot of compatibility with the hallways all kind of being the same it, it looked really really good and really lived in and it looked like a mining ship on the inside nothing was like super clean and white and well lit it was all kind of like dark and dingy i really i really really liked it and i the other thing that i really really liked that i noticed time and time again was not only the music but i thought the sound design was mm-hmm. superb the way that everything sounded made sense and was like the way that I would expect an alien face sucking creature to sound and mm. and the way that the buttons clicked and the dial up sounds for the computer monitor like everything sounded the way that I would have expected it to sound and something sounded better than I would have like come up with on my own so I was very very impressed with the way that things looked and the way that things sounded uh, and I was also very impressed with just generally the way that the story unfolded I know we talked a lot about if it's a thriller or if it's the the pacing and all of that. And while it is a slow burn, I don't necessarily have problems with the pacing because I never lost interest. And I think it might actually be a benefit for us coming in and watching it so much later because we do know how it ends. Everybody knows the chestburster scene. Everybody knows that Sojourney Weaver is the only survivor and that the cat is, you know, with her at the end. Like, there are yeah. certain things that we can come in and from, you know, 2021 know about the movie. And still throughout the entire thing, I'm like, man, how is this going to happen? Like, when is like, it's suspenseful because I'm waiting for what I know is going to happen to actually happen on screen and to see how it goes and actually unfold. And that to me actually kind of built up the suspense a little bit more. Uh, there's definitely that thought of the unknown, but knowing that something terrible is about to happen and just kind of like having a like a clock in your head, like ticking down until the unfortunate event, that to me added a little bit to the suspense and a little bit to the drama. And the longer it kept going at the beginning, I was like, oh my God, we're 40 minutes in and it hasn't happened. When is it going to happen? Like yeah. you just wanted it to happen to finally feel that little bit of sense of release of like, oh my God, okay, we're into the alien part of the movie now. Like, I can get into like more of an action sense instead of this just like suspense of like what's it gonna be? Where's the yeah. alien? So I I really liked it. I I was hooked throughout the entire thing. I had a lot of good stuff to say about it. Yeah. 
Well, so Sammy and I, we finished watching this film, and then we immediately jumped into Alien vs. Predator. We watched Alien vs. Predator 2. We got super into this whole this whole world because it's just so well crafted from the beginning. I love the fact that this movie leaves so much to the imagination and so much to be wanted still. For instance, they completely gloss over the fact that there are just really convincing synthetic life forms in this world, right? That's that's just like a completely acknowledged fact by all the characters. They don't even blink an eye. They're just like, oh, he was a robot. We should have known, you know? And then they just move on and they know how to configure the robot so his head can come back to life. I mean, that's crazy. And yet there's still like this... 70s slash 80s technology which i feel like at the top was at the top of the line for the time they used really like high-tech looking stuff but now it just looks super low-tech which is i feel like even better i think if it was like modern day you know you have smartphones and stuff that's really high technology the the video is hd feed it would just be so much less scary i think that really adds to the ambiance and makes it such a better film that they use you know i guess to us, older technology. It just it just really, I think, builds that world out. Well, yeah, I also think, I think the older technology was used in a fashion that the movie aged beautifully. Yeah. Besides the alien itself, because you could clearly see that it was a guy in a suit. When they, get, when they showed the full shots, when they only showed the up close of the alien's face, phenomenal. But when the, it was the, the guy and the girl after there was only three left and they were sitting there and the alien went after them and it showed the full body shot of the alien attacking you could see that it was a guy in a suit but everything else besides that was so 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 cool and aged very well one thing that i want to touch on david that you said is that why i think this film is so scary not necessarily a horror film but still a little bit scary and creepy Mm -hmm. puts you on the edge of your seat is that the monster in the movie is not like a creature from another world in the sense, well, it is a creature from another world, but from hell, or it's not some, some strange creature coming out of the mythos. You could see that this was living on another planet and that how it spawned from its egg and came to live. And I think that seeing that and understanding that there are creatures out there that could, this could very well exist where something is hatched like yeah. this could attack us, adds some suspense. It's not something out of the imagination. They showed how this creature, this alien, the xenomorph, came to live. And that's pretty freaky, seeing this thing inside of the egg and turning around and seeing the egg open up and being like, oh my gosh, this is it. It's, you know, a butterfly comes out of its cocoon and it, and it, and it spreads its wings. This thing happens to come out of its cocoon and attaches to somebody's face and then implants the xenomorph in them. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff's pretty scary. Yeah. I love how there's also it's not just the alien that they're com- that they're dealing with. They're dealing with just the the regular evils that we all deal with of society and just one person's greed or this corporation's greed being deciding to outweigh the value of the human lives on the ship. Like they're just like mm-hmm. whatever, get the get the alien back here. Human lives are expendable. We don't care about that. Just get the alien back here. I mean, which of course they don't want that alien to come back to Earth. Like they're not going to be able to control it. They're going to be they're going to be screwed if it gets back to Earth anyway. Which they obviously it's again humans meddling with things they don't understand is always a great theme in mm-hmm. film. And I think that this movie just really played well with that. 
and makes you realize just the insidiousness of the corporation they're working for, which makes their plight so much worse. So, so one quick thing I wanted to throw in was that I think that seeing this movie in 1979, not knowing anything that happens, must have been one of the coolest experiences ever. Because the trailer's phenomenal, because the trailer doesn't show anything. The, the trailer's just a bunch of chaos, and you're like, I don't know what's going on, but it seems wicked. Yeah. And go in there, because you, you, don't, you don't know what the facehugger looks like. You don't know what the alien looks like. You don't know that the science dude is a robot and yeah. all that stuff. And so you, you go in with no expectations. And seeing this movie without any expectations at all must have been absolutely awesome. Yeah. That would have been pretty terrifying. I mean, I'm just saying. I know it's not necessarily a horror film, and I, I kind of categorized it as horror just because, I don't know, that, that alien was specifically designed to be nightmare fuel. Like, when they talk about the way that they, they went about designing it, I mean, it's, it is terrifying. I mean, and the fact that it's got, like, acid blood on top of that, I mean, you know, it's, like, impossible to kill, but then, of course, even if you do cut through its skin, it's, like, acid blood. I don't know, it's insane. That thing is an absolute beast. I wanted to talk more about, like, the chief scientist guy who is, like, a robot. Oh, yeah. Um, because, like, I know some of you guys, you, you'd seen it before, or, you, like, you knew what happened, but it, I was totally caught off guard by that twist. I, I did not expect that at all. It was actually kind of funny because, like, literally minutes before that was revealed, I was writing, I was like, man, Ash is, like, such a bastard. Like, this guy, he's, like, cold and heartless and rigid. And then, like, <laughs> and then I wrote there, I'm like, oh, it's because he's a robot. <laughs> uh, but, like, I, I thought that was so interesting. I, I just, like, it, I thought it was, because, like, they, they bring you in and, and, you know, they do all this setup to make you think, like, okay, antagonist is the alien. Easy, like, very clear cut. Yeah. And they're like, oh, what? Now we have multiple antagonists. There's, like, sabotage from within. And I, I just thought that was, I, I thought that was really well done. Yeah. Um, and I wondered if you guys like any any thoughts on that, and and also maybe more broadly about just some of the other characters in general, because I thought it had an interesting mix of characters and personalities, you know, on top of this scientist guy. I mean, can keep in mind that it's not only the robot, but also the ship itself that's working against them. That's true. Yeah, I, and I the ship is look, like its own character. Yeah, kind of like Hal in in doesn't uh, want a space odyssey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought Mother was really interesting. Like, I, yeah. I, I wish there was more to explore that, but I also just kind of like the the mystery ambiance of like the ship is alive and very, very intelligent, mm -hmm. and you can like go to this terminal and ask it like very open ended questions, and it can like respond to you. I was like, this is some pretty cool. This is like pretty interesting stuff. Like, only yeah. certain people can access it, and like at the end when she's screaming, she's like. I mother, I turned it off. Like, don't blow up the ship. I was like, oh, and the ship can like hear you. Like when you're like just walking around and doing stuff. Like, I I thought that was a really really neat, interesting kind of twist to throw on there. Like, didn't really amount to a ton other than to kind of convey some information to the characters. But like, what a cool concept. Like I, that was really neat to throw in there. Yeah, and I just love the fact that the the mother it, it knows what's going on, and you think, I mean, as as, as a you know, person who is interested by data, when when it says not enough data, you know, cannot compute, you're thinking, yeah, of course this computer can't compute that. It's just like a computer. There's no way it could know that. 
but then they kind of imply that actually it could answer that and it won't answer that because it's not working for you. It's working for the corporation back home. It doesn't want you to get that information because it doesn't want you to stop the alien. And that's even creepier than just like the fact that it's not good enough to assist you. It's, it's just so insidious and terrifying that like you realize you're on the ship, you're surrounded by an alien and the ship is working against you too. I, I thought that was a really funny point when you said about the ins- insufficient data. I was like, oh, literally me at my job every day. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Cannot compute insufficient data. It's like, oh, but wait, the alien, if, it, if it's collecting data every time the alien moves around, it totally does know like lots about this alien, probably. I Definitely. mean, and yeah, I don't know. Pretty cool stuff. So, so do you think Mother purposefully veered them off course to lead them straight to this this like this like this alien and stuff was that on purpose or was that just inconsequential because they received like this warning transmission and that just like automatically triggered it like i I honestly don't know i mean i while i was watching it i was under the impression that it was just one of those your your order the order to the ship like special order 972 or whatever was like that is only triggered if you receive a distress call and then a, and then whatever it is becomes priority number 1 but the fact that they added ash to the ship like 3 days before it took off makes me think that maybe this was part of the plan all along and they were going to send it by this planet to to have it investigate yeah that's that's i'm pretty sure that that's the case that they wanted to investigate this planet and that was the whole purpose of putting the team together because when i believe it was Sigourney Weaver was talking to Mother and looking at the orders. Order number one was to bring back the alien life form. Order number two was saying the crew's expendable. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that that was the plan going in because when they landed and Sigourney Weaver said, hey, we shouldn't bring in, blanket on the character's name, the guy that had the face hugger, we, you have to stay yeah. in decontamination. It's a risk to all of us. The scientist was the one that let them in knowing that and was constantly like, okay, cool. Oh, we need to save the samples. Oh my God, we have to, we have to study this. Da, da, da. And he had his plan the whole time knowing what was up. And so I think it was the, that was the plan from the start. But speaking of that, I want to talk about how much of a badass Sigourney Weaver was in this film. I mean, she was a hell of a female lead. Mm-hmm. right off the cuff telling saying hey we can't bring these people in we have to save our crew and laying the hammer down saying we're not doing that we are leaving you guys out there we will leave this guy out to die because i am saving my crew because i am currently in charge everything yeah. her doing that to just being a boss carrying the flamethrower and just walking down fearless through well i don't know about fearless she was a little scared but still just crushing it with taking on the alien and making the decisions and taking over her role when Dallas died. I thought, I thought she was just so killer. So she also did a good job of confronting Ash when in the science room. I love that scene where she's just like, you know, why'd you do that? You know, was that really protocol? Mm -hmm. I don't really understand. That's not in the books. And he's just, you know, squirming and he's sweating and he takes a swig of his like white juice, which I thought he was drinking milk. I was like, why is this guy just drinking milk? (laughs) I was like, that's a weird thing to just drink. But okay, whatever you got to do, man. Yeah, I think, and I think that was really good foreshadowing too, with the him like drinking the white stuff 
the white fluid. It's kind of like it is kind of weird, and you're just kind of caught off guard. Like, what's this guy drinking? Why are they showing that? And no one else drinks that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think they did a really good job with the character development for all the characters. Actually, I mean, having a very small cast of characters makes each one of them stand out in their own way. I didn't feel like any of them were just, you know, cardboard cutouts of a character that you knew was going to die. I feel like all of them had a chance to survive. They each brought something to the table. They each had their own desires. And, you know, there's some guys who are just like, I just want my cut. Like, I've been doing all this work. I I feel like I should get a fair share, which to me is insane that they have. I mean, like, just thinking about it from, have you ever seen, like, The Martian? Yeah. Uh, Like, there's just, when you think about what's really going on with people going to space, it's like, really highly trained crews that are all really well picked to work together and be good friends and like not have any issues being out in space for a really long time. And then they have this crew where like, there's a lot of infighting. People are just not really working together. I mean, they have fire on board. I mean, this just so many things that would break NASA code. I mean, (laughs) the fact that he's able to rig up flamethrowers so easily is hilarious when you compare it to the Martian where he's like, he basically has to do like really, really, difficult science just to make fire in the first place i think it's pretty funny comparing the two of those i thought it was interesting too that like i was reading later that this cast or maybe not the cast but the the characters were supposed to be kind of just ordinary people yeah you know, they just had like you know they had like an engineer in a trucker hat who was just you know doing his job or like the guy who was just like there to get paid yeah and and stuff like that and like the, I read the, the apparently the purpose of that was to get the audience to kind of like empathize, um, mm-hmm. or kind of like make it easier for them to put themselves in the character's shoes and that kind of thing to make it feel a little more real. Yeah, um, I think it works. Interesting. Yeah, me too. I think it worked. I mean, the fact that I they have a cat on board, I think that's kind yeah. of hilarious too. There's just like a random cat. I mean, first of all, of any animal, I feel like cats would be terrible to have on a spaceship because cats just mess with everything. You they know? Do, yeah. <laughs> like you have this little button that's like, you know, really important and the cat just walks over just like steps on it or something like that. I mean oh, cat yeah. will just do whatever <laughs> it wants. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of random. I was like, why do they have this cat? Like there's no Yeah. Point. And then I thought it was also kind of amusing because the cat outlived everybody. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well when we saw the cat, I mean Sammy really likes cats. So when we saw the cat, I had to look up whether the cat died or not, because I didn't want to. I didn't want to go through the rest of this. And I mean, we both thought it would. We both thought it would, and then we looked it up. We're like, "Whoa, the cat lives!" Like of all of all the people on board, the cat is the survivor. That's kind of hilarious. And I love that Ripley went out of her way to save the cat. Too. Yeah, I know. It that's... was like definitely not convenient for her, but she did it anyway. That's part of I think why, you know, she's so well liked as a character i mean it just makes you like her more when she goes out of her way to save a random animal that she definitely doesn't need for any purpose you know other than companionship um i also liked how ridiculously complex it is to to set off the self-destruct for this for this ship like you have to like take these things screw them in pull them out turn a thing flip the switch and then do that three other times before you can do before you can set the self-destruct and then you have to undo it all piece by piece just to get the ship to not self-destruct. I think that's so like ridiculously convoluted. Well, I think like setting off the self-destruct should be complicated. So you don't just do it by accident, but I agree that I think 
undoing the self-destruct should have been a little simpler because I was yeah. like, why is this so complicated? She only had like three minutes to do it. Well, I mean, I can't, I just don't understand why you would design a self-destruct in the first place. I mean, other, what, other than like this situ- situation, what would you need to self-destruct the ship for? I don't know. Like, That's a great question. Because tar- because I was thinking the exact same thing in the movie. I was thinking that, and then I was also thinking when the self-destructive act is active, totally get why the lights are why the lights are going off, the sound 100%. I don't get why all the air and gas is being yeah out. So I, much fun. Yeah, that was, that was I don't understand why that's happening in the self-destruct because you're already letting them know. I get it. The sounds, the lights, we got to get these people off board. But in, if anything, releasing the gas makes it harder to get off board yeah. and increases the chances that someone's going to be there when, it, when the ship blows up. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of like counterintuitive ship design things, I thought, when, when, when I was thinking about this from like a, you know, true perspective how would that really work i just thought you know that doesn't really make sense but uh yeah that's true because it, it was like all those things happening are so distracting that like that would not be a practical way to have somebody capable of like handling something so important when you have like sirens blaring and lights flashing and all these things that are like make it harder yeah so and, I t- and finally I- like the the little shuttle that she takes out that the alien ends up being on which was great, by the way. I love that scene because you're like, okay, she finally made it off. Like, is she good now? There's no way. There's no way the aliens on that ship. She would have seen it, right? She would have seen it. She, it would have gotten her or something. Like, and then it's just sleeping. It's just like uh, I just crawled up in this little nick right here, and I'm just taking a nap. <laughs> and then, but she's able to open the airlock of the entire shuttle. I mean, what? Just by, by slapping a button? I feel like that's a total design flaw in this in this little shuttle. I don't know. I mean, it worked. But you want to talk about design flaw? The landing scene where they take the big thing and they land it on the planet to like go investigate. There's like a little tiny rock, and you see the the like landing pad hit this tiny little rock, and then they're like, "Oh my god, (laughs) we're dying!" Like it's the it's the most unbelievable thing. I'm like, this is a mining vessel. Like I know little rock in the way. Like seventeen to twenty five hours of repairs from that thing. Like. Come on, build a more That's robust true. ship. I mean, I yeah. actually thought when that was landing that that was intentionally designed to be able to land on rocks. Like, the way it looks like a foot, almost. It looks like it was ready to land on that, and then that, that actually broke it. I was really surprised. Right, the external shot and the internal shot did not, not match at all. The external, it was, like, very slow, and it, like, hit it, and then it kind of, like, clamped on. I was like, oh, good, good landing. And then on the inside, they're like, oh, my God, we're gonna die. I'm like, whoa, okay. That <laughs> didn't like look that bad from the outside. <laughs> Some dude with the camera operators over there just shaking it as hard as he can, and everybody's in their seats, like, flying around. I was like, yeah. whoa, okay. Didn't know it was a bad landing. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Also, uh, can we talk about about when they did do the self destruct? Like, what did you guys think of that explosion? Because I was like really underwhelmed. Like, I was expecting like the big Death Star explosion from A New Hope. That was impressive, and it was like same period of time, you know, similar technology, yada yada yada. But I was like, when they did the one in Alien, I was like, it's not that impressive. What did you guys think? I thought it was yeah, weird I'm, that they basically did three takes of it. Yeah, that was that was, what, <laughs> it was like that they was couldn't really tell away. which one was the best. They were like, let's just put them all in there. 
<laughs> That's true. I agree yeah. with that, and then as well with when the alien was actually killed, I thought it was awesome seeing the harpoon go through the chest. But then it was kind of laughable when the alien just came back and hit the door. I ended up laughing. I was just like, yeah, it just comes in. It's a big thunk. <laughs> and it took away all the awesomeness. And it captured it a little bit back when she turned on the the jets. And then you got to see it disintegrate. But besides that, I was like, man, I would have hoped for just a sicker death scene. If they kept up the awesomeness after the harpoon and didn't go for what felt like a little bit of comedic relief, I thought that would have been just so cool. Mm. But I, 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 did you guys think that it was a little bit funny? I was a little bit, not let down, I, but surprised by that direction. I did not really. I actually thought it was kind of just like more suspense because like she shot him and he like kind of like fell out of the ship. But like since the um, grappling hook got caught, he was like still dangling. So it's like, oh, like, thought we had him but like he's still there yeah something else like Mm. um i mean it did all happen really fast so like i almost like didn't process it quick enough but yeah i don't know maybe i would have like thought differently if i watched it a second time (laughs) imagine he just comes back and there's like a face hugger oh we haven't talked about the face hugger all right that is i think that was creepier than the alien itself because yeah i do agree Oh, with the because it, you could clearly see the bone structure just wrapped around, mm-hmm. sitting on the. There's something about like around his throat too, and it's like slithering. I was like, oh, that is oh. such a sick design. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. Anyway, I was just, I was just gonna say the the whole ending scene from the point where she gets in the shuttle, everything's exploding, and and then she the music is not exactly resolved. You know, like. You expect once everything is good, the music's like, da-da, like, you know, happy. But then it's still got that, like, bottom, you know, and you're like, what is going to happen? Is it on the outside of the ship somehow? I mean, that's what I thought was going to happen. It was going to, like, crawl around the front. Um, But I don't know. The fact that it was just chilling in the ship and then she has to, like, open the airlock, I don't know, the whole thing. So I get get how when when it bounces back against the ship, that could be kind of comedic, but I just thought that was terrifying. It's like, oh my god, it, it was supposed to be ejected into space. How did it bounce back? Like, what? How did that even happen? Um, so I, I thought it was really impressive that she had the quick thinking to launch the jets. I mm-hmm. I have to ask, David. You're talking about this end scene where the aliens on the tiny ship, kind of just like sleeping in the pipes. How does that make any sense at all, given the context of this movie? Because either the way that I'm thinking, like it had to have been on the ship when she got on and was like, you know, prepping it to evacuate. Did the alien know that like the ship was going to explode? So it like snuck on there and it was like waiting for her to get away. And then like once the ship exploded, like it was going to take her out because once the, you know, the big ship explodes, it doesn't do anything. It just kind of chills there. Or like, did it like sneak on somehow after she had ejected? Because then it like would have had to get there through the vacuum of space. Like why? on earth is this alien where all we've ever seen is it's hunting and killing. And that's all it does is like, I'm going to get on this tiny ship. There's one person left. And I think I'm just going to like power down for a quick little nap before I get her. Like I, that to me just made no sense. I was like, why on earth is this thing just chilling over there? Like, like you got her, man. It, she's, she's right there. She's got nothing left. Just take her out. Like, 
I, I, yeah. I was very much like, what on earth is this thing doing? Like, that makes no sense. Yeah, I, I didn't really get that either. I mean, that pretty much that entire scene doesn't really make sense. I thought at first maybe he had, like, tried to get through the door and had been, like, chopped in half or something. And it was, like, part of him had... Because it seemed like his arm just kind of flopped out like he was dead. I thought maybe he was already dead and, and he'd been ripped in half or something. But then she she backs up. She was able to put her cat inside the pod. Like, she was able to, you know, do a little bit of relaxing, some flicking of some switches. And then... She's able to slowly put on the spacesuit, lock it, and then move over and sit in the chair, buckle it, and then the alien, once all the gas starts going off, which I don't know why, I, I guess maybe she had to do that gas to get him out of the nook so that he would fly out. I, I really didn't know what the purpose of that was either, because I don't know why didn't she just open the vent or open the airlock. But then he finally stands up and he's just like chilling like, man, that was a crazy nap. Oh, man, that's some wacky dreams. And then, and then he like looks over and he's like, "Wait a minute, there's another human still here. I think I'm gonna get that human." Then he like takes one step, and then she hits the button and he flies out. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the whole time he's stalking and like unstoppable machine. But then for the last twenty minutes, he's just or the last ten minutes, he's just like a really grumpy old codger just trying to have his time in the nap in the in the nook. I don't know. Yeah, that, that was pretty funny. Yeah, in retrospect, that was kind of weird. So that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I think it still it still works though because you you get the fact that she gets to launch him out of the air 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 airlock, and there's the whole final drama of you know he's still not dead. I mean that's that's kind of a horror trope that the villain always comes back for one last scare, mm-hmm. and I think that you know. If she had just gotten to escape and he would have blown up, it wouldn't have been as victorious. Because, sure, he would have blown up, but you wouldn't know because he, she was so far away at that point. What if he just flew off into an, a nearby planet? I mean, uh, if you've ever heard of the game Alien Isolation? Yes. Video game. Yeah, it's it came out in like 2013, I think. And it's it's just this really terrifying game where the alien has its own AI. It's not pre-programmed. But it'll just go around the vents. It'll walk around the hallways. It'll run from place to place, and it'll if it ever sees you, hears you, or anything, it will kill you. <laughs> and it can go in space. Like uh, so, there's some scenes in that game where you have to like do some spacewalking, and the alien is able to survive the vacuum of space completely unharmed. Like it'll just walk around and chase you out there too. So uh, that's part of what makes this creature so terrifying. Like like. It's like when you're underwater and you're kind of afraid that, like, you know, sharks have the upper hand. It's like the same idea. And you're out when you're out in outer space and you're completely like helpless. And this alien is completely in its element. I don't know, terrifying stuff. It is one thing that I wanna I wanna touch on is that. So I know, David, you said that you've seen Alien vs Predator and Alien vs Predator Two. Has anyone here seen Prometheus? Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I saw that in theaters. Uh, I did too, actually. Um, I, I, I remember I got an awesome first day of release movie poster that I think I still have lying around somewhere. But I really enjoyed that movie. I know it got all right reviews. But I wish... I know Alien Covenant came out. haven't seen it. But I really want Ridley Scott to finish up this prequel series to Alien and show how 
the xenomorphs came to be and that big dude that was sitting in the gun who we got to see the corpse examined uh, more about those species and everything that happened before the original alien because I think it's so fascinating looking into the xenomorph creatures and how they came about life and rather than retelling the same alien story over and over like they did later on after aliens with alien 3 and alien resurrection i'm very interested in really scott finishing up that prequel trilogy i guess i could say well interesting thing is ridley scott did not make aliens that was james cameron yes that's true so that's why i thought you know i figured aliens would be more of a thriller because it was made by james cameron it's it's got more aliens there's more guns you know there's a lot more people to fight the aliens they know what they're going into this time and they're literally going to destroy the aliens like i watched the trailer but i haven't seen the movie aliens yet but yeah i i agree with you some in some parts that the kind of how we got here is really interesting but on the other hand i think it's just as interesting to leave it be and just let that stew the fact that they're that when they get there there's this super giant being who's dead and decayed and fossilized and all of this stuff is history beyond our wildest imagination that it's that the universe is so much older than we could even comprehend i I really like when they have stuff like that in these sci-fi movies to kind of show that we not only are tiny humans who don't know anything but we also are not even like the oldest people on the block like we think we are we're not really that cool we're just little pawns in this intergalactic game there you go man you, you summed it up perfectly <laughs> yeah no that was so, good that was good yeah i don't know i i like prometheus but i agree with the critics it's not it's not the best i mean it's de- it definitely like sets up some stuff but it's also kind of weird it, it's basically to say that like the giant things created humanity by sacrificing themselves kind of like jesus or something I don't know. It's, it's yeah. definitely got some weird themes in it, for sure. I will say, AVP was a pretty good movie. Sammy and I both liked it. It's definitely a lot more action, and it's like the Predator is brought in, and which is interesting to think that they're all part of the same universe. Um, but AVP 2 was... Oh, it was so bad. <laughs> it was god-awful. It was probably the worst movie I have ever seen. Um yeah, and I've seen some bad movies, man. It was really bad. It they killed a kid in like the first ten minutes, and that's just how you know it's gonna go. It's going downhill. Like they basically just broke that sacred barrier of like murdering a, ch- a child, and they 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 did not stop. They did not stop. You mean there. like an in Bruges? Uh, except it was worse. <laughs> yes, kind of like in Bruges. Except in Bruges was like. He felt terrible. That was the impetus for all the guilt in the movie. This movie was totally guilt-free about that. They didn't care at all. Okay, that's fair. That's like, totally fair. Yeah. There was no shame in murdering that child. I don't know. I, I always think that's just... It's just not cool. I've seen vs. Predator, not Alien vs. Predator 2, because I've read the reviews. Don't but bother, it, dude. <laughs> Alien vs. Predator was was awesome. They it's It's not a great movie if you go by cinematography and more yeah. criticism but as a movie to just sit down and have popcorn with i was thinking about it last night while watching alien the scene when uh one of the actors goes into the face hugger room and he sees his friend where the face hugger launched and he's like attacked against the wall and he looks and he's like oh my god they're gonna come at me and he kills the face hugger in midair that was so epic 
Oh yeah. my god, that was so cool. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then it pans out and a bunch more eggs open up and you just know he's screwed. I don't know. I I I actually kind of don't like when that happens in movies because I'm always rooting for the characters that I want yeah. to live. And it's always kind of sad to just know there's no hope for them. Um but yeah, I mean that's one of the terrible things about the alien in, in its life cycle. It's just like once someone gets the face hugger on them, they're doomed. Like there's no there's no coming back from that. Even if they get a few more seconds of living, I, you, you know, like it's over for them. Yeah, I know it's it's so gross. Although I will say the that little tiny alien that first pops out of the chest, he is such a little shit. God, <laughs> just like he pops out, he's like, eh, eh, meow, and he just scurries across the table. <laughs> Well, he also grows ridiculously quickly. I know. is something that I feel is easy to gloss over in this movie. But if you look at the timeline, how realistic is it that that small thing in a matter of hours is going to grow to the size of what it was at the end of the movie? Yeah. Well, you see, I liked that, though, because I thought it, like, added another like foreign element of of the alien you know it's like oh this thing is so not human and here's another aspect of it that's not human and it's like kind of (laughs) adds to the intrigue and like also adds to um i guess like the fear because it's like wow it has these capabilities that we don't even understand and if it can do this if it can grow this quickly will it grow more what else is it capable of like i i kind of liked it for that aspect yeah yeah I will say the only redeeming part about AVP2 is that there's an alien that comes out of a predator and that brings up the idea that aliens can, you know, that the the xenomorph we know is the xenomorph that comes from humans, but there are also xenomorphs that come from different animals or different beings and they have their own unique characteristics. I thought that was an interesting idea and that's probably the only thing that AVP2 brings to the table. Wait, they they had different different not powers but like you said characteristics what were they yeah i mean so if you've ever seen the predator when he takes off his mask he's got like four mandible fangs he goes <laughs> well i mean the predator the predalien as they call it like also has like four mandibles and like he's got like a bigger head with the dreadlock things mm-hmm. uh so he's just like got a different appearance and he's smarter and like the hardest one to kill because he's got that predator instinct That's um crazy. So yeah, I mean that one that one's pretty cool, I guess. That's probably the only part about that movie I thought was interesting, but otherwise terrible, terrible movie. They did a lot of like stupid throwbacks in that movie like the part there's a part where one of the main characters goes, "Get to the chopper." But he's like literally like that. He's like, "Get to the chopper." Like no, he's not even trying to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's just like that one famous line from Predator. He's just like, oh, "Get to the chopper." I don't know. It's it just butchered it. But yeah, I, mean, I, I think Alien, definitely a great film. I will go into the ratings real quick, and I will say I'm pretty sure I rated this movie pretty high. Let's see, what did I what did I rate it? I gave it an overall score of 84. I think this movie for me suffered a little bit in certain areas like profoundness. I mean, now that I've been thinking about it, there is a lot more of that profoundness of, of we're just a little pawns in the big intergalactic game like i was saying earlier um so i might get a point back there it also suffered a little bit in enjoyability just because for me it was a lot uh i didn't i don't really love horror films a ton i enjoy them but sometimes it's just too stressful 
so it wasn't super enjoyable. I don't know if I'd want to watch it again, like over and over again. But all the other things, I gave it pretty much nines and tens. So overall, I've got an 84. Solid movie. So, Beard, what did you rate this film? I actually rated it fairly similar to you. Um, I gave it an 80 overall. Again, I, profoundness was a little bit lower, but I never gave, I didn't give it anything lower than a seven in any category. Enjoyability, nine. I really enjoyed it. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Special effects, nine. It was fantastic. The only reason I didn't give it a 10 was like, again, I was underwhelmed by that explosion sequence. Mm. So a little bit of that. I really liked the soundtrack, honestly. Um, I was kind of surprised. That's not like one thing I didn't think I would like as much, but I thought it, um, it did a good job of blending like something that was kind of um, like an orchestra that, you know, I thought was similar to what you might hear in Star Wars, but also mix that with what Chad was talking about earlier, where it's kind of like more short, suspenseful music, um, and then also mixed in with um, some of the sound editing to to create the suspense, which, you know, the sound editing is not technically a soundtrack, but I kind of group it in with the mm-hmm. same. And then... I give it 10 for impact because it was just like a hugely impactful sci-fi movie, which I loved. So yeah, 80 cool. overall. Solid. Cool. By the way, that's, um, it came in at 43 on, on my <laughs> ranking, which is pretty high. Um, that is pretty good. That's pretty it, good. It was like that's one cute. point better than Fargo. Wow. Wow. Yeah. All right, Chad, what did you think about this film? What did you rate it? David, I thought you nailed it with an 84. So that's oh, what yeah. I gave it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also, I also right on target with the with that eighty four. I thought for a lot of the things that we've been talking about, the the plot I thought was was good. Obviously, this is kind of I think one of those groundbreaking formula plots where I know we talked about it with Super Bad, where it's one of those that's now been replicated time and time again. Of we're in something and there's a threat and then it's picking people off and it's, you know, sci-fi. I, I literally watching this movie made me think of last year when I went to go and watch underwater, which if I'm doubt any of you guys have seen, but um, I went with my sister to watch underwater, which is basically alien, but with mermaids. Mm. Um, it was not nearly as good as alien but it's the exact same plot there's a bunch of people it's a really tiny little group of people like five or six people they're way deep underwater on some mining or drilling thing and then a bunch of mermaids come and attack them and destroy their base and they're trying to escape and get back to the service and like you know kill the mermaids and all that as they're trying to escape and it's like there's a strong female lead there's some comic relief engineers there's a captain who like sacrifices himself on a daring like mission they have to go out underwater i was like Watching Alien, I'm like, oh, so they literally just made underwater with the same almost exact plot and characters. Cool. Yeah. So I I thought, you know, if you have a plot that's worth replicating, it's it's a pretty, pretty good plot at that point. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a lot of the other stuff that we talked about, character development. I, I thought I I rated a pretty highly enjoyability. I was very invested throughout the entire film. And then probably my two highest categories were in artistry and soundtrack i know that's kind of what i opened with where i really enjoyed the set designs i really enjoyed the way that things looked the practical effects everything kind of was in you could interact with you know you see a movie these days that takes place in space and it's shot 80 percent on a green screen everything is fake everything is created by a computer 
if there's yeah. anything that characters interact with, it's generated for them. But a movie like this, they walk around and they have to actually touch things and press buttons and everything is real. And I, I think that's something that's definitely missing in a lot of movies today. And I'd love to see brought back a little bit. So I, I definitely rated it higher in, in artistry just for the fact that they created all of these sets for these characters to actually interact with and to be in and to have things be real. Mm-hmm. And then similar to what Andrew said, I thought the soundtrack was phenomenal. It was like sci-fi suspense thriller music. And then everything in the sound design was, I thought just spot on, which I think can be very, very difficult to do in sci-fi, very difficult to do in suspense and thriller and horror. And I thought they captured all of those and put them together in this really, really nice, well-designed world where you have music and ambiance and sounds that you would hear on a ship and then when they got to points where they didn't need certain elements of that, they were able to drop it off and it wasn't overbearing throughout the entire time. If there wasn't a point to the music, they didn't have it in there. And I thought that's something that is very difficult to do and you don't see a lot of. So gave them points for that as well. And landed it at an 84 overall, which did land it in my top 100. Ooh. It would have fall somewhere in the range of... 59 to 65, so that puts it up kind of close to movies like Back to the Future, uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Sound of Music, uh, Black Panther. So nice. It's, it's, yeah. in, it's in that range, kind of similar to, to those in ranking. Sweet. Well, I agree with your scoring there on that one. Good work, Chad. <laughs> okay, Hunter, you are you ready? You know it. All right, let's hear from you. What did you rate this movie? You got it. This movie... Out of 100, I gave it Fright Night, baby. This okay. is kind of like when you go to one of those Fright Night experiences or even a haunted house where you're walking through the area and you know something's going to happen and you're just on edge the whole time. You open a door, you don't know if someone's going to grab your leg or if someone's going to pop out from the corner, but you're freaking out as you're doing it. And it's even worse when nothing happens. Because you then the suspense builds even more. And mm. that this movie, this movie is just like that. You're going through, you're thinking when the face hugger, when the edge of the face hugger comes down off the ceiling after it's already gotten the first guy in back of Sigourney, we were like, oh man, nah, it's it's gonna get her. And then it just falls and it's 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 a fluke. But it still just lets you know, oh no, that thing's dead. What's next? Mm-hmm. And this movie just does a phenomenal job at keeping the the your heart racing every second even though there's not a ton of action in that first hour my heart was still going the whole time so i think the movie's just like that i give it a nine in enjoyability i could watch this movie a thousand times and still love it each time i give it a 10 for cinematography i thought it was absolutely gorgeous the scenes where inside when either dallas or sigourney weaver is talking to mother awesome framing when you're seeing I'm blinking on the the first guy that dies walking into the room with all the chains hanging down. It's the wide angle shot. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was phenomenal. I thought the artistry was there as well mentioned and then impact. This had a huge impact on sci-fi and on the thriller slash horror movie genre. Absolutely phenomenal. And I mean, they're still making alien movies to this day, which says a lot about the franchise. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to throw in there $11 million budget. 11 million for this movie. I mean, mm. you 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 have movies that we, are that are 250 million dollar budget right now that oh yeah. just don't have the same 
same ambiance as this. I don't know if ambiance no. is the right word, but you, it just like exactly like you said, Chad. Movies were made so much differently in the seventies with being creative inside of the box, and now that there are other tools, not a lot of people go back to that. And I think that these movies were such a golden age when the technology was there with blue screen and using miniatures and just having to make it work. And the budget was actually doubled, by the way. Did anybody see that? Like it was it was originally half of what it was. And then like they they shot a little bit and then um, Ridley Scott like went back to the producers just like, okay, I want to do like this thing. I want to do a fourth act, which is how you know the whole um part where the alien was on the the little pod at the end yeah. came about like that wasn't the original ending and so he like he requested it and he got like twice as much money so wow. he's going to be shot for even less than that <laughs> impressive mm. uh, oh yeah i was going to say you reminded me of the fact that their original plan to catch the mini alien that popped out of the guy's chest was just to like go get it with a net and a cattle prod. And if you think about it, they sh- they're they so lucky they didn't catch it like that. <laughs> that would have been really bad. Yeah, that was a really half-baked plan. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Also, at the time, the alien was so small that he could have just scurried through the... They didn't know how big the alien was. So yeah. he could have just scurried through the net. Because it was so small when it popped out of the guy's chest. So I was just, I couldn't help but laughing at that. Yeah. yeah that's a good point. That net did not have a tight weave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's actually, and it's funny. There's a, in Aliens versus Predator, the Predator like shoots a net at an alien and like catches it in the net and the, the alien like busts out of that net. And it's like a Predator, really strong, solid net. And just like comparing that to the net they were going to use, they had zero chance of catching that thing. Absolutely none. So I don't know. I just think that it's funny given the the way they've built out the world, kind of giving some more exposure to what an alien battle looks like. Yeah. Well, I think we did a good job discussing this movie. I'm looking forward to Kill Bill Volume 1 next week. And I hope you guys enjoyed this discussion. If you have any thoughts, feel free to send us an email at ampedaboutmovies at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions for future movies, feel free to reach out there as well. We're always interested in hearing what you guys think. And thanks for listening. Have a great week. Peace.